Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the WTF1 podcast, That Time When edition. Now, it feels weird to be doing an intro like that and not have a video. This is just for audio. So welcome, everybody. I am welcoming my voice to your ears. We are here with That Time When, and of course, alongside me, you heard his little awe, is the founder, Tom Bellingham, and new father he's still a new father it's still new to me i'm just going to keep an, uh, keep announcing it how are you my friend the father i'm good thanks the yeah father. looking forward to uh reminiscing about my childhood maybe there's going to be there's going to be some people that weren't even well no they would be born when this race was on i hope they weren't <laughs> and no that's... tommy's childhood wasn't 2015 just so you're aware i know <laughs> he's got a baby face uh, but you are how old tommy 33 what a joke what a joke. You've paused time. Anyway, let's talk about, well, let's talk about Spain and the uh, the history as we are coming up to race week. We are in race week. Wait, I think he said race week. Race <laughs> week. It's difficult to say quickly uh, for the Spanish Grand Prix. So we thought we'd look back uh, over some time where the Spanish Grand Prix basically got popular. And I know that's weird to say for Formula One fans that absolutely despise the uh, Catalonia circuit but um imagine it, uh, such a thing <laughs> so popular it hosted two races and people actually cared that much yeah I know yes yeah. so, so it hosted two races Spain hosted two races both of which were well, <laughs> imagine uh, the, the the outrage not well yeah it is kind of outrage I know they're now three but even when there were two people were like why are there two races in America the outrage of that Imagine now of all the races, Spain being obviously, you no, know, it's a great, great country with some motorsport heritage now. Um, but yeah, it's not exactly the most popular. Uh, people people uh, don't look forward to the Spanish Grand Prix, do they? They don't set their calendars for that race. No, they don't. Um, you just look on social media and, and all, all you have to do is change one corner and all of a sudden it becomes a worldy track. But uh, alas, uh, we, we don't have that change just yet. So let's talk about uh, Catalonia then. It first hosted the Spanish Grand Prix in 1991, and uh, it wasn't a popular race then. Uh, but for different reasons, it literally, like, nobody really cared about it uh, until a certain someone who is still racing in Formula One today, and we're talking about his success in 2003, making it a huge race sellout. It's, of course, Fernando Alonso. Uh, that's almost 20 years ago, Tommy. Oh my word, that is depressing. 20 years ago, and Fernando is still in, in Formula One today. Yeah, and when you think of it that for way. for a few more years as well. Yeah, when you, when you look at it that way, that is crazy. It's ridiculous. He's still here. And he's still very good as well. His comeback has been almost accepted as, ah, oh, it's Fernando Alonso. But you look back at Michael Schumacher's comeback and it didn't go so well. And uh, mm. that's probably a like for like in terms of, Although Fernando did have a bit more hybrid, uh, hybrid experience uh, back in the Honda GP2 engineer. Anyway, I, I somehow made it about Michael Schumacher. That's impressive. Well done. <laughs> Standard <Matt>. stuff. Um, <laughs> and of course, not just the success in 2003, but of course, Alonso becoming world champion in 2005 and 2006. And all of a sudden, Spain had F1 fever. They just did. absolutely lapped it up. I'd say it's not too dissimilar to Max Verstappen nowadays with the, the Dutch fans, because if you think in the UK, we're quite spoiled of, we do get an occasional um, a champion every now and then, you know, we've had a lot of great drivers, world champions, um, same with other countries like 
you know, Germany had Michael Schumacher, Sebastian Vettel. But if you think of a, a country, obviously like like the Netherlands with Max, it's like the first time they've ever had a proper amazing driver. So they've just got complete F1 fever. And this is exactly what happened with with uh, Fernando Alonso because when I was uh, when I actually looked um, twelve, uh, when I actually was twelve rather than looking <laughs> twelve, look 12 yeah. um, I actually went to the Spanish Grand Prix. Uh, yeah, so. 2001, I went as a kid and it was not very well attended. I just remember it being, it was a very long time ago, but having been to races like, like Imola and Monza and stuff around that time when it, you know, it was shoe fever, um, there was no buzz around that race. It was just like a lot of, like not, not really much of a buzz, not selling out general admission, it just a bit of a flat race really um and alonso was racing then he was racing with bernardi but obviously he was a back marker uh, and then a couple of years later joined renault and yeah i think he got pole in like second race or something uh that year's spanish grand prix he was fighting schumacher for the win and it was like oh wow we have a spanish driver and f1 really did just explode it went from no one really caring about it to not even back page news, like front page news, absolutely obsessive. Uh, that era as well, Alonso, uh, the, the the part of Spain where Alonso's from, uh, their their flag is like blue and yellow. So, and obviously the red, the Renault was blue Renault, and yellow. Yeah. So it was just a sea of like the light blue and yellow Renault, a bit like, you know, the, the Tafosi, you get the red at Alonso and the orange at Zandvoort. It was like that for Alonso. And the race just became so so popular because they had fernando alonso so he went in 2001 yeah uh, did shumi win he did he okay. uh, wow. he won you know how i always have uh, a bit of a ferrari jinx in a good way that helped don't ferrari. tell me you started making a, a social graphic back in 2001 no the this this is actually quite funny that you mentioned this because this is obviously who i've got it from because my there were two people in front of us with uh who'd had a bet on uh, between Mick Hakkinen and Schumacher. And one of them said, you know, Hakkinen's going to win. And my and Hakkinen was leading until the last lap of the race. And my dad leant over to him and went, oh, your money's safe, mate. And then literally his engine blew up. And uh, Michael Schumacher no took the lead on the last lap. So wow, I didn't, I didn't know jinx like were genetic, but clearly they are. <laughs> God, you've got a power there, Tommy. Yeah. You really do. You need to be careful with that, mate. Great oh, power yeah. and all that good stuff. Jeez, um, I'm actually really jealous that you've seen a Michael Schumacher victory as well. That that makes me feel physically ill because uh, I never saw a Schumacher victory. Oh. Sad times. Um, anyway, moving on again. Somehow I made it about Schumacher. Uh, <laughs> of course, so there was that big popularity. And with that uh, came the talk of a second Spanish race. And if there was ever a track, to be worse than Barcelona, <laughs> they picked Valencia, which was in 2007. They signed a new street circuit uh, in Valencia to run as the European Grand Prix alongside the Spanish. Although I do say that Valencia is a terrible track. That's where Shumi got his comeback podium. So we'll, we'll, we take those. <laughs> this is the Shumi podcast, I promise. <laughs> um, so the official layout uh, for the Valencia European Grand Prix uh, was uh, uh, confirmed in July 2007. Um, and the circuit used the roads around the city's harbour and America's Cup port area. So it was, uh, 
was it could you say it was a bit restricted with what they were working with yes i guess you could probably argue that it was yeah because it would have been pre abu dhabi which feels like abu dhabi's been on ages but almost like one of the first tilkified proper tilkified circuit you know a lot of 90 degree turns loads of runoff building it around a specific area as opposed to just doing a good track so you know wanting to make sure that they have this bridge in it and this harbor and use the fishing uh whatever it was the the fishing market as the pit lane and things like that so um yeah it was a an interesting circuit to say the least wasn't great for racing i think it's fair to say um wasn't valencia where we saw mark weber fly it was yeah that was uh, the back of not much happened there but that was one of the only things yeah i was gonna say that's one of the main things i remember and of course maldonado and hamilton crashing uh, and a certain someone getting a podium what are you saying um and then the first race happened in 2008 uh, and it was run in august so they were trying to melt everybody as of course you know august in spain very very hot indeed and a certain someone, again, this seems just to be a podcast about all of Tommy's experiences at a race, but uh, you, you were there. I was, the first European Grand Prix at Valencia. I promised that I, I didn't actually go to loads of races. I went to like one every other year when I was a kid, but they just happened to to fall into this. And yeah, it was a boring race. <laughs> I don't, Who won that I, one? 2008. So that would have been... Oh, McLaren. Is that Lewis? No, it was Massa. He led from start to finish. Um, Yeah, I remember it being extremely hot. Not a lot happened other than Alonso had damage on the very first lap and retired. And I remember people leaving. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. Like a football match when they're 4-0 down. And one of my experiences actually was that, obviously this was an era where you had almost all classic tracks on the calendar. So your Imola's, your Spa's, things like that, Silverstone. And this was the first track I'd ever been to where you had zones uh, where it's like, normally you could, you used to general admission where you can just go anywhere you want. Uh, And this track, it was like, it was really weird um, because a lot of people weren't used to it. Uh, And it was like, here's this, you've got to stay in this zone. Like your ticket is only available to here. So you couldn't wander the track. Um, and I remember seeing like a merchandise stand and it wasn't in our zone, so I couldn't buy merchandise. Uh, and I don't think it was particularly great, great organization. And uh, also I was, I was there on a coach trip with a few other F1 fans. And I remember a lot of them complaining that, which is probably not, it's probably just standard stuff now, but they were all complaining that essentially they paid an absolute fortune for a grandstand ticket. And it was behind like, 40 meters of runoff area not 40 meters probably more than that like 500 meters of runoff area uh but that that probably is true for quite a lot of circuits now but at the time i think they were quite shocked that they're like i am so far away from these cars because there's so much runoff here uh, reminds me of the grandstands at silverstone where they extended the gravel on the left where the old pit straight used to be so they pushed the grandstand quite yeah further back is that i guess it's that kind of thing where you go well actually i'm not very close to the action no. at all, and it'd be better for me to just watch it on the screen yeah um see of course we, we mentioned valencia became notorious for, for being boring um drivers complaining of, of difficulty uh, of passing uh, and then in 2009 
it set a, an unwanted F1 record, Tommy. What was that? <laughs> Can you guess what that record is? No overtakes in a race? Yes, it was. Yeah, smashed uh, it. It's actually quite funny because uh, it's only happened... So this would have been the third time in F1 history. And were the other two it's, Monaco? It's only happened five times. Four of them in Monaco? <laughs> two of them were Monaco. Ah, so, so you could argue that this actually is probably the only normal race that's ever happened. So if you think that two of them were Monaco, one of them was this 2009 European Grand Prix, one of them was the 2005 US Grand Prix, which was the farcical one with the six cars, and the other was, of course, the 2021 Belgian Grand Prix, where they were behind the safety car. So this is probably the only, you could argue, the only race in history, like a proper, because Monaco, you kind of expect it. You're trying to say that... (laughs) It gets a free pass, come on. it's just qualifying, isn't it? But I like it. <laughs> um, yeah, not a single overtake in 2009, which wasn't actually a bad season either. So, uh, not a great, not a great not look. Good. Not good at all. Uh, and of course, don't forget back in 2009, there was no DRS uh, until uh, 2011, uh, where DRS was, was introduced and it was still a dull race. Uh, so it improved a little bit, had a few overtakes, right? But not, yeah. not, zero, you know, not, not zero. So, you know, it's a, it's a stonks. It's something. Uh, it's actually quite funny because people will now get um, flashback. I say flashbacks to Miami. Miami was two weeks ago, but um, very similar to Miami because the drivers that about complaining about the passing, uh, the biggest problem was that it's a street track doesn't get used much. So there's one racing line. And as soon as you go off the racing line, it's really dirty and dusty and you can't brake. Uh, so drivers complained about that. And then the other thing they complained about was the fact that the straights weren't straight. So <laughs> the again, a classic Tilka track where he's built it around a thing rather than thinking about the racing. Uh, and, you know, the main straight, uh, which can be said for a lot of, Tilka tracks these days and where we just you know it's painful but night you know a 90 degree turn that then leads into a straight so by the time the 90 degree turns completely separated them out and if you imagine no DRS Formula One wasn't great for overtaking back then either and yeah not a lot of overtaking so the drivers were not happy with it not happy and neither were the fans Really, no. were they? Uh, for one reason or another, whether it's because of the grandstands or just because it was just a dull race. I remember even playing on the F1 game and thinking, this is just a shocker. It just wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't fun. It really wasn't. Um, and the final race that we had in 2012, I have already touched upon it because it's in my memory, ingrained. Um, and it was a, a banging race. Uh, Alonso won from 11th on the grid, which uh, you can imagine was incredibly um, well-received. And uh, Michael Schumacher popped in a little cheeky P3. Did it? Uh, don't think I've mentioned it. Uh, well, of course, as I mentioned, uh, Maldonado and Hamilton had a... Was it Maldonado sent a little cheeky dive bomb? Uh, uh, no, Lewis sent it on Hamilton. Lewis sent it on Maldonado. Maldonado just was just in. like, I'm going to cut over the runoff and plough into the side of you rather <laughs> yeah. than just accept that I'll finish fourth, which is a really good result. Can you believe that was 10 years ago? I remember watching that yeah. and go, like losing my mind. Like, oh my God, Shelby's going to be on the podium. That was 10 years ago. God, I'm such a boomer. Yeah, that seems, that seems like one of those races where 
similar to the good races now because it started off a bit dull. Uh, Sebastian Vettel in the you know the Vettel era was leading from start to finish, and then he had a car failure. There was a safety car, and then all hell broke loose, which kind of that that's kind of a common theme in F1 these days, especially mm. if you think about the Mercedes era. It would normally be Hamilton winning, uh, and it's only when Hamilton has a problem that everything goes crazy. So that that was what happened. Yeah, like with... Can you imagine, for example, Hungary? Yeah. Right, when yeah, yeah. He's the only one starting on the grid, and all of a sudden, oh, my God, everything kicks off. George Russell's passing people in the pit lane. It, it all just goes mental. It's almost like Hamilton needs to do something bad, and then... Everyone's like, hey, let's drive, let's drive crazy. Yeah, it's almost forgotten as well. You mentioned Maldonado with that crash, but everyone always mentions that his win was such a flash in the pan, like he never looked good ever. He actually qualified third for that race and was on for a podium. So I don't know what it is about Spain 2012 and Pastor Maldonado, but he just became a you know an absolute legend. I think the thing uh, with until Maldonado. He crashed. It's not fair, I think, for people to say that Maldonado wasn't good. He wasn't. He he made a lot of mistakes, crashed a lot. He was, but he had the pace. Like he had serious pace. He annihilated Bruno Senna as well when he was, yeah, you know. Um, And then yeah, like Alonso obviously becoming uh, one thing that was interesting about that race. I'm pretty sure we did at that time when podcast on this anyway. But this was the eighth race in the year where there were seven different winners in the first seven races. So Alonso actually became the first repeat winner of the season in race eight That's insane, uh, which is mad and then yeah like Shumi getting a podium and I think it was quite a close run thing as well with Shumi at the end um, like is he going to do it um, and uh, yeah pretty amazing so you had let me just double check I'm pretty sure it was Alonso Kimi Shumi on the podium don't know uh, all I saw was Shumi yeah <laughs> so yeah Alonso Alonso Kimi and Shumi on the podium uh, which is I mean three three f1 legends there what a podium and uh yeah if if you look at the results of every other european grand prix it's like um started first finished first started second finished second started third um every race is kind of like one from pole the person started second finished second third third um and then the race in 2012 uh, alonso won after starting 11th kimmy finished second started fifth uh, Michael Schumacher was third, started 12th. Sorry, who, was, who was third? Michael Schumacher. Ah, oh, there we go. Uh, Mark Webber was fourth after starting 19th. Hulkenberg uh, <laughs> fifth after starting eighth. Yeah, it was just crazy. So um, what a race. Uh, and then they never raced there again. They're like, no, we've had a banger. <laughs> Such a banger. And you'd think, hey, there's going to be a deal struck here. Just make sure we have at least one safety car and a Hamilton problem. Um, the venue was actually meant to alternate uh, with Catalonia from, from 2013, but unfortunately, or not unfortunately, maybe it was just a... I don't know, actually. Say, I'm, I'm not too... I wasn't too fussed uh, that the, the deal fell through. Um, and it's not as if there's... It's like carried on. It's very much a popular, hey, guys, I'm here in Valencia at the uh, degraded Valencia street track because nothing goes on there. But there there are remnants, aren't there, of... It, yeah. So the, the, yeah, the track completely shut down in 2013. No, no other series or anything. And um, yeah, there's still, still little bits where there's you know like a concrete wall with a little Santander logo still ingrained there and stuff. So it does look quite depressing. It's very much like uh, we've just left this here. Not going to do anything else with it. But I know it's weird, isn't it? 
It is weird. It, this is bizarre, but having just talked about how boring Valencia was, and if you'd have told me this ages ago, I'd never would have said it, but I don't know if Catalonia is so bad that it would actually be quite refreshing if they had done it. And especially now Formula One has got a lot better um, and the race is more interesting and there's things like DRS and stuff. You never know. Um, it's all speculation and maybe there's a bit of nostalgia, but maybe it would have been exciting to to see it just, maybe not exciting, the lesser of two evils to basically have Catalonia only once, a, uh, once every two years yeah. and alternate with another not great circuit, but it might throw something into the mix. Because 2012 proved that in a good year when the racing was good, uh, it could prove something, but they just relied on essentially safety cars, which is always the way, I guess, on a street track. Yeah, Baku is a good example of that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know if it's a shame, but certainly I think as well, let's not write off Catalonia after these new cars have been introduced. We haven't seen them race just yet. Uh, Frank's uh, doing a little little bark uh, to to say hello to everybody listening, uh, but but yeah, let's see because that last chicane still exists, unfortunately, as Frank is still uh, woofing away. Frank uh, is not taking any of this Spain slander. He's he's <laughs> he's the biggest Catalonia fan in the world. Loves the final chicane. <laughs> uh, but let's see. I, I still think it's going to break up the racing that that final chicane. Um, but you know, it, it doesn't. It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to, to be as bad as what we've seen in, in the past. Uh, what are your hopes for, Tommy, for this particular Spanish GP weekend? Do you think it's going to be better? No. <laughs> <laughs> really? Do you think it's no, going to be field spread so. like, like Miami? Yeah, yeah. Especially that final corner. I don't think the new cars will cope. And neither does Frank. And that's a perfect time <laughs> to, to end this podcast. As yeah, I think it is. <laughs> whiffing away. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the first, oh, not first, but the return of that time when uh, let us know if you enjoy these of course and what you want covering uh, next on this series uh, rate us on apple Podcasts, spotify five stars thumbs up whatever it is give us a good comment as well if you do really enjoy these thank you tommy for all your time thank you to frank for getting involved in the podcast as well and we'll see you very soon for another that time when podcast lots more audio stuff coming your way very soon uh, so we look forward to bringing that to you in the near future Bye. Bye. Bye, Frank. Bye, Frank. He's stopped Bye. now. Oh, he, stopped. As, as, yeah, he, he knows stopped. the podcast's over exactly. and he just doesn't care anymore. <laughs> He's such a cloud chaser, isn't he? He really is. Yeah. <laughs> Follow at Frank.d.sufficient <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>